Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to Unnatural. Well, Ryan, this one is a bit of a departure from what we usually do here on the podcast. For a lot of our episodes, I do a lot of research on the cases, like that Amazon review killer case. I gradually worked on the notes for that one for a few months before we began recording. But this incident is one that recently took place as it's a shocking story that flooded American news and social media pages just last week. It all started with a video, a video that was initially published on YouTube, although it has since been taken down, rightfully, I might add. At the outset, the public largely believed that this was a hoax, as there was no way something as horrifying and degrading as this could possibly be real. Even for the Internet, this seemed almost inconceivable. But as the video began to circulate, the gruesome content of what it showed was substantiated by a number of sources. This left people asking the obvious question, how could something like this happen? Well, I'm certainly no expert when it comes to this question, as I'm struggling to answer that myself. But if you dig a bit deeper under the salacious headlines this story produced, there are a few key details that appear to have triggered a once mild-mannered man into committing a savage act of violence against his own flesh and blood. Today, we're going to answer the how, but also the why of this case that shocked the Philadelphia suburb of Levittown just last week. This is the story of Justin Moan and the gruesome beheading of his own father, Michael Moan. Before we get started here, I do want to give a disclaimer that some may find what they're about to hear to be deeply disturbing. Like I said in the intro, we're dealing with a pretty horrific way to die here. We are an explicit true crime podcast, and anyone who's been with us for a while surely knows that. But for anybody listening to us for the first time, this is going to get pretty graphic. But I will spare some of the specifics that I've read. I also want to make it clear, we're not a political podcast. And if you know anything about this case, there are big parts of it that have to do with politics. Even the killer's manifesto, for example. But we're not here to talk about the political side of this case, but rather the assailant's mental health and the downward spiral into becoming a delusional and deranged killer who was so far gone from reality, he believed that what he was doing was right, that it was a good thing, that it was 
his calling from a higher power to do this. The politics of it, in my opinion, really get in the way of the larger issue here. So with that said, let's get into it. Michael Moan was a 68-year-old semi-retired civil engineer living in Levittown, Pennsylvania, around 20 miles northeast of Philadelphia. He was described by his neighbors as a gentle and friendly soul who would occasionally play his guitar for anybody who would listen. His friend and neighbor, Carol Carnley, who lived next door to the Moans, remembered him as being a soft-spoken and low-key guy who was a relatively private person. And along with his wife, they lived a quiet life out in the suburbs. But although he wasn't the most extroverted person, he always gave the neighbors a friendly hello when he saw them outside. And more than once, he actually helped out people in need in the neighborhood. I read one story where he would always shovel his driveway and his sidewalk first when it snowed, and then he would go over and shovel the neighbors. And I always love people like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. just without even asking and without even asking for thanks or anything. You know, if it's with if it's within your capacity, just be that person. Yeah. And he was that person. And it sounds like him and Denise had lived a great life out there. But all of that came crashing down just after 7 p.m. on Tuesday, January 30th, when Denise Moan came home to find Mike's lifeless body in their first floor bathroom. Not only was Denise dealing with the shock and horror of the love of her life lying dead on the floor, but she was also grappling to comprehend the image in which her eyes were showing her. Mike Moan had been decapitated. Denise ran to the neighbor's house. I mentioned them in the opening here. It was Carol's house, and she told Carol and her husband to call the police One of the first things that police learned upon arriving at the scene was that not only was the victim's adult son missing from the home, but also Michael's vehicle was gone. It's a little sus right there. Investigators would later find a machete knife and determined that the beheading was done by Mike's own son, 32-year-old Justin Moan. A bullet was found in Mike's back. And as of the time of this recording, it is believed that Justin first shot his father and then proceeded to behead him with the machete after he was already dead. What the? I know. Officers found his father's head wrapped inside saran wrap and placed in a large metal cooking pot. It was in the bathtub of the family's bathroom. There was a pair of rubber gloves that were soaked in blood that were also found in a bedroom in the second floor of the home. And a short time later, investigators would also find something equally disturbing as they were notified of a 14 and a half minute video that Justin had uploaded to YouTube moments after he murdered his father. No. Yeah. And multiple people called 911 
to alert authorities of this video within a short time of it being uploaded. What he said and the way he said it left no doubt that this was a cold, calculated killing with a clear motive by someone who was so delusional he believed he was doing the right thing. Okay, pour the tea. Come on. (laughs) So, Ryan, the video was titled, quote, Moans Militia, Call to Arms for American Patriots, end quote. Oh, gross. Yeah. You can see where it maybe is going here, but, and it appears this was filmed in the bedroom at the house. And like I mentioned, the video is close to 15 minutes in length. And it has since been taken off YouTube. I did watch it in preparation for this episode, and I wished I hadn't. Because Jesus, are you seeing a therapist? Let me. (laughs) That's gonna stay with me. Uh, Yeah, I imagine so. And look, and. I I am far removed from this case. Obviously, it's not a personal thing for me, but just seeing what I saw, I don't think I can ever unsee it. And I would say to our listeners, don't go searching for this thing. Anyway, so I'm not going to read his entire diatribe here, but I will read the opening and I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of the rest for you. From what I tell you, you'll probably be able to gather what his message was. He's... So calm, cool, and collected in the video to the point that it's eerie. And he's actually still wearing the pair of gloves that investigators would later find in the house. And he begins the video by lifting his father's head out of the cooking pot. He shows it to the camera and he says, quote, this is the head of Mike Moan a federal employee of over 20 years, and my father. He is now in hell for eternity as a traitor to his country. It is said those who commit treason and betray others occupy the lowest pits of hell for all time. The federal government of America has declared war on America's citizens and the American states. America is rotting from the inside out, as far-left woke mobs rampage our once prosperous cities, turning them into lawless zones. Taxpayer dollars are printed and used for anything but the taxpayers with little to no accountability, which has inflated the economy to near destruction and has made it so most Americans can no longer afford the American dream. He goes on to say, quote, My name is Justin Moan. I am the commander of America's national network of militias, which you may know as Moan's Militia. I now give the following order for militias and patriots across the United States of America. And this is kind of where he calls for the execution of all federal employees, federal officers, judges, senators, and even the president. Holy shit. Yeah. And this went on for a while. And periodically, he would show his father's head again to make his point known, all while awkwardly pausing to chug a bottle of water. 
like he chugs this bottle of water like 15 times throughout the video. It's so weird, but obviously we're not dealing with cotton mouth. I think he probably does because he was probably (laughs) so amped up and nervous. It's crazy to watch. It's so crazy. It doesn't even seem real. He wasn't under the influence of anything. That's still to be determined. Mm, I right forget. now, this was last week. This was last week, and I did actually read one interview of somebody who supposed that he could be on LSD, but that's just an assumption at this point. Nobody knows anything yet. He later says, "Quote: Earn your place in heaven by sending a traitor to hell early, and if I'm captured or killed, do not give up. This is America." And our freedoms are worth fighting for. This is our children's future we are fighting for. Joe Biden is no longer in power. I am officially the acting president of America under martial law. End quote. And he continues his rant. He goes off against BLM, against the LGBTQ plus community, and even Antifa. And He says that they're destroying our communities and our way of life and killing U.S. citizens, which is I found ironic since he's the one who's sitting there with his own father's severed head next to him. You see, this is what they mean when they say evil hides in plain sight. It will take the guise of whatever and that because his point isn't incorrect There are a number of issues that he hits on the head there, but these are not the ways to solve those problems. Yeah. And it only, I mean, if, okay. Right. (laughs) And I actually almost took another like squirrel (laughs) off. And so I'm going to stay on point here. Well, and we are going to get into the why and what drove him down this path, or at least what I think might have in just a few, but he does have an end to this video. And he says, quote, I and many other leaders know how to fix America, but we have to fight for it. So why should you follow me? If some of you have never even heard of me prior to the 2020 election, some electors and campaign contributors in both the Republican and democratic parties saw me as the best candidate for president of America, despite my age, which can be confirmed by ex-governors John Hickenlooper and John Kasich, whose 2020 campaigns were sacrificed for me. I could have been the first unanimously elected president by both parties since George Washington, but I was instead betrayed by the FBI, federal courts, and my own family because... There are people who believe I am the Messiah. I'm not saying I am the Messiah. I would never compare myself to Jesus Christ. I'm just saying that's why I was betrayed. Our forefathers left us with a sacred task to defend America, the greatest republic and the most innovative, God-fearing nation the world has ever known, so that we may preserve the freedom and independence our Constitution grants us. And just like our forefathers before us, who won the first American Revolution, we will be victorious this second American Revolution, so that our children and their children 
can have the country we once had before the traitors took it away from us, end quote. I feel gross just reading that because I remember what he looked like when he read that and that, I don't know. I hadn't read that out loud until just now. It's hmm. like, Yeah, hearing you say it is a little unnerving. So I am sorry you had to see that firsthand. It's just... You know, and it's interesting because, you know, like if you're going to bring up religion and all that, there's a whole, there's a section in there that says that even Satan will disguise themselves as an angel of light. Yeah. That it is important to use your intuition and your own discernment. And people like this, they're scary because they appeal to a certain type of person. Yeah. And they're, they never have good intentions. No. Not two brain cells to rub together. Mm-mm. Like, for real. And <laughs> I feel like people like him are easily influenced by oh, what they see. They are the sheep of mm-hmm. the world. That's the speech, or at least a good yeah. deal of it. Yeah. And I guess my first thought after I watched this was that, sadly, I wasn't super surprised as to what he had to say. He sounds like somebody who was alone a lot. I believe he... I wonder why. Yeah. And it sounds like he spent a great deal of time at his parents' house. And he spent a lot of that time online. Probably... Too much time in the government. Not enough time at home playing catch. Yeah. And who knows? And we don't want to victim blame here. Right. But that's probably what he perceived it as. But... That's what I... That's really what I get at. Ultimately, that's the problem. Yeah. And he was probably on parts of the web that you and I are unfamiliar with, Ryan. And Mm -hmm. he just became consumed by it. Because he's an ultra patriot. Well, and you, you also heard him say that people consider him the Messiah. Now, as of right now, there's been no evidence that anyone other than himself called him the messiah and this seems to be what experts call a messiah complex to me didn't kill people right like i was raised on catholicism and at least i know (laughs) enough to be able to like understand this is this is wrong it's not the right kind of mentality to have about that he's also suffering from delusions of grandeur Obviously, he names himself president of the United States of America and claims that he should have been president back in 2020, whatever that meant. And again, I'm not a mental health professional, but it also feels like maybe there's some schizophrenia or something going on here as well. That doesn't come out yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't throw it past him. I mean, like, it's probably... You're probably on the right track with that one. And we're going to delve a bit more into Justin's psyche and his mental health history shortly. But after his long and rambling video was uploaded, Justin wasn't done. His plan was to head to the biggest National Guard army base in the state that very night. And he almost succeeded in allegedly carrying out another tragedy but he was thwarted by of all things his cell phone 
Are you intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing, that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barcy to Kurt Cobain, some are predators and some are prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit BrokenLimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. After his rant was over, Justin got in his father's car. It was a 2009 Toyota Corolla, and he drove it over 100 miles away to the central part of the state of Pennsylvania, a place called Fort Indian Town Gap, which, which is a major base for the U.S. National Guard. Now, one can only imagine what Justin was planning to do at the base, and I'm sure more information is going to come out on this in the coming days and weeks. But remember, he had just carried out his father's beheading and uploaded a video calling for armed revolution and declaring himself president. So he probably wasn't going to do anything good on this base. But luckily, he didn't get too far. He almost certainly would have, but a couple of things happened. The base had installed a new fence just two months ago, largely keeping the public away from there. I'm not sure if Justin was aware of this or not when he was making his plans, but when he arrived at the base, instead of driving in there like he had planned, he had to scale the fence instead. And this was noticed pretty quickly by base security, who quickly placed the base on full lockdown and, along with Pennsylvania police, arrested Justin Moan before he could harm anyone else. And as it turns out, the state police arrived on the scene so quickly because they had been tracking Justin through the pings his phone was making to nearby cell phone towers as he was traveling. Local media reported that the phone had pinged at a nearby national cemetery near the base, and then again a few minutes later along the perimeter of the base. No doubt the state police were notifying Fort Indian Town of his nearby location so they could be ready in case he tried to illegally enter the base. And it's a good thing they were ready because... It has been since reported that he was armed with a rifle upon entering the base. Pretty obvious what he was going to be doing when he got in there. That's some cojones, man. That's not like either you're carrying this out or you are going away for a very long time. Because up to that point, wouldn't that justify this as being labeled as an act of terrorism? 
You would think, yeah. And well, right now, there, as far as I know, there's no terroristic charges. He is facing charges of first degree murder, abuse of a corpse, and possession of an instrument of crime with intent. He has yet to be charged with scaling the fence and getting into the base, but I'm guessing he probably will be. And again, as of the recording of this podcast right now, he remains in custody after his bail was denied, which I don't know if he tried to ask for bail, but (laughs) I don't want this guy out in public. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Currently, he's he is being held at the Bucks County Correctional Center in Pennsylvania. And another item of note, he purchased that gun one day before the incident took place. And I can't confirm this, but I have read that he was flagged and even visited by the FBI around six months ago due to some of the things he had been posting online. And he does mention in that video about getting a visit from the FBI. So sounds oh, like that so could be true. Thank you, big deal, because the FBI came by. Well, and it makes oh, you wonder how much the FBI knew about him and if this could have been prevented. How many times have we seen some of these tragedies, some of these shootings and stuff like that that could have been prevented? There was just one in Maine a number of months ago that could have been prevented. And maybe this was another one. We'll have to wait and see on that. But is it just that there's too many of us? Is that the problem? (laughs) I don't know what the problem is. He was what the FBI would call a lone wolf. And that is sometimes the most dangerous person because it's so hard to find the lone wolf. It's easy to find these terrorist organizations or these militias or whatever, but it, when, it, to organize. when it's just one guy, it's a lot more difficult. And it appears that Justin Moan's downfall was a gradual, years-long downward spiral eventually leading to his father's homicide. He graduated from Neshaminy High School in Bucks County, Pennsylvania in 2010, and his classmates widely regarded him as a fun-loving, smart, kind of a class clown character. He had perfect attendance and was on the school soccer team. One of his classmates said that, quote, people post stuff online that's screwed up, but you don't expect them to cut their dad's head off and YouTube it, end quote. A number of people who knew Justin growing up said that he was a relatively normal kid in high school, but he appeared to change once he got to college. And one said, quote, Once we were in college, a couple of high school friends would periodically send me Facebook statuses or blog posts or his bio for his book, and they were increasingly bizarre and conspiratorial, end quote. Mm. And this friend wasn't the only one who said that. 
several of Justin's old high school classmates said that in the past few years, most of his Facebook posts were devoted to conspiracies involving the federal government, particularly the FBI. One of his former friends kind of summed it up and they put it this way. They said, quote, Justin posted the government was full of corruption and conspiracy BS. He obviously needed help. And I think that all that conspiracy stuff on the Internet and the people that do the conspiracy YouTube channels pushed him more into whatever caused him to snap. He didn't trust the government, but I don't think he was a hardcore Republican or Democrat. Justin was someone who needed medical treatment, but the conspiracy stuff had to inspire the books he was posting on Amazon and the video where he held up his dad's head. Sadly, at least from what I have gathered so far, it does not sound like he got any treatment. Whether or not that would have prevented this from taking place is anyone's guess. I don't want to get preachy on this podcast. We are not a preachy podcast, but this is a cautionary tale for the day and age we live in. With everything that's on the internet, it's easy to go down a rabbit hole. And if you're a person who's already predisposed to believe in this kind of stuff, it's only going to exacerbate your problems. Obviously, not everybody who watches and adheres to some of these conspiracies is going to do something like this, but it certainly makes it more likely. It's hard when people are living from a place of fear like that. Everything rooted in, uh, and I felt it before because when you're watching videos and the algorithm is working as you're liking things, then, you know, I start looking for homesteading information, you know, how to grow your own food. And these are just things I enjoy learning how to do. The closer I can get to nature, the better. And you start liking those things and then you start getting fed like these little oh, in case of emergency, here's this thing that you should have. And then you're like, oh, do I need an EMP bag for all of my electronics? <laughs> right. that, I mean, it, it would be shitty to not have one if something like that actually happened. Right. And so it's so easy to get wrapped up in those things. Yeah. And I don't think people use their own discernment enough. And, and if there is something that you're afraid of, Learn a skill set. Know how to do things. Yeah. Maybe buy books. Don't rely on the internet to be there always. But these are like, this is extreme. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think sometimes when, when you're, you keep seeing stuff that makes you more and more paranoid and more and more conspiratorial, it's only going to make matters worse. And it certainly did for Justin. I mean, I can think of a, at least a few of my friends on social media, you know, they'll post some really far out there stuff. And while I could never imagine them doing something like this, it does make me worried about them on occasion. You know? Yeah. It's a fine line and it's literally a case by case 
intuition-based situation. Yeah. If your gut is telling you something's not good about this or it's like the verbiage makes you a little uneasy, you should pay attention to that. Especially in how he approaches it. It's like he's angry. Like this yeah. man is full of rage and... And I'm grateful that I can't put my like put myself in the mindset that would lead there because you want to find like, oh, well, what happened? Well, it's like he was probably not given enough of the attention that he needed and lived very closely under like understanding government. Mm -hmm. So if he's being taught anything, he's being told certain things. Man, that's a that's a scary road. And no wonder he doesn't. <laughs> I heard just like the Shrek. No, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. Well, That's on ADHD. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you are kind of close to the mark, though. I'm not sure how many friends he had. And that can certainly help a person who is in a situation like this. When you have a friend there or a close confidant, they can tell you when you're going down a path that's not right. They'll see it before a lot of other people will. And maybe he didn't have anybody in his life to do that. Yeah, we need to be grounded in community and people who spend their time in isolation. How do you know what the difference between what's happening in your mind and what's actually real? Right. Like you need other people to kind of gauge that sense of normalcy. Like, okay, there are some things that I'm kind of like, I don't know why this is normal. Like, why, why are we okay with this? But... <laughs> It's like there's another level that this man's slipped into in his solitude. And what what can you even do f for, for that? Like this, she should just be locked up now, unfortunately. And he's going to be. And speaking of that, I just found a new article and this is from Patch.com. And Justin Moan was scheduled to have a preliminary hearing at 9 a.m. last Thursday, that hearing has now been rescheduled for April 2nd. There's no reason behind this, but just some information to get out there. I've, I've always wondered with people like this, and obviously his case is unique, but it makes you think to yourself, okay, now that he's in prison and he's probably been interrogated by a number of people has he snapped out of it yet? Or is he still under this delusion? I think that shit's permanent. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> he yeah. took, he took this way beyond what is like, I mean, I don't, I take punching plaster walls at that point, you know, yeah. rehabilitation is possible for somebody. I, I go back. I just recently watched a documentary on the guy who shot, President Reagan, who survived, but it was early in Ronald Reagan's term, and this guy, John Hinckley, shot him, and they did a documentary on him. He was recently released from prison, and a lot of people were up in arms about it, saying he shouldn't have been released from prison, but the documentary kind of goes over how he's been rehabilitated, and you can tell 
just by listening to him that not only does he regret his actions, but he realizes how delusional he was at the time. And he's on proper medication and it's been 40 years. And he said he hasn't thought like that in a long, long time. So I do think it's possible, but I also think you're probably right. It, it's, it's not something that can come so quickly for someone, you know. This is probably Cutting going to be... Cutting someone's head off is an entirely yeah. different game. That's, That's true. Yeah, it, it's it's very different than even shooting someone. And you You're know, not even getting your hands dirty when, you, when you're holding a gun. And on top of that, it's you your know? own father. Right. <sighs> like not even, not even sentimental value could stop him yeah. from taking this man's life and just... Ugh, yeah. Ick. And Red there's flag. there's going to be more that comes out on this, obviously, in the next weeks, months, and even years. Right. Um, what his relationship was like with his parents, with his father. Not that that justifies any of it, but it will give us some insight as to what his psyche was and maybe how long he had been going down this rabbit hole. But as we discussed before, it sounds like it had been at least a few years as his classmates and former friends noticed him gradually changing on uh, the internet. When it comes from a place of love, because that's important, when we have people in our circle that genuinely care about us and can come to us and say, I'm not digging what's happening here, and this isn't necessarily, you know, you don't have to change for me, but what I'm telling you is that it's not okay behavior, but like, I wanna help. And it's easier to believe when you actually have people in your life that care. And and it makes me feel bad for this guy because he is unwell. Yeah, very unwell. I also have a hard time with when you take it past a certain point. You know, violence against another human being is, in my book, unnecessary 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Because everything can be solved with words. When we are able to communicate, we can talk about things. That what's, that's what makes us so cool is we can, we can communicate with each other in such a different way. And the things that we build when we work together, but the destruction and the chaos that happens when we spend time alone mm-hmm. is like, that's, that's the difference. It's, yeah. it's coming from a place of, we need this. We need other people. If he wasn't alone so much, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Uh, it's also a cautionary tale for anybody who has a f- family member or a friend like that. It's one of those things where it's like, see something, say something. Whether mm-hmm. it's saying something to them or saying something to the authorities or whomever it may be. If, if you see somebody acting in a radical behavior, it has to be called out. You know what? If listeners want to tell us how they're feeling or what they think about this case, they can always head on over to our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast, or just send us an email, unnaturalapodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to like, follow, rate us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you next time. And I promise it's not going to be another beheading. I guarantee that. That's that's the Andy guarantee. Right there. This was a rough one. This was 
This was uh, uncharted territory for us, but I felt like it was something that's in the zeitgeist right now and needs to be talked about. Mental health is pretty important. So anyway, on that note, be sure to make good choices. And don't get got. Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it together. Okay. You know what? I was huffing essential oils. I didn't know that uh, that was a thing, huffing essential oils. This one has um, has peppermint and lemon in it, and with my stuffed up nose... Ooh, I bet that it's clears actually that helping up. clear it up, but it's called mental clarity. So, so that means you better be on your fucking A game during the podcast here. Damn, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You sounded like uh, maybe it's just because I'm rereading the book. You sounded like Galadriel there from <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Things that are, things <laughs> yeah. that were. And some things that have not yet come to pass. Oh, did did you ever hear who the original Shrek was supposed to be? And he recorded everything for the movie and then he died. So they had to recast it, even though they should have probably just left him in there. What? Chris you Farley. You are blowing my mind right now. I did not know Chris, that. Chris Farley. I bet he would have been an awesome Shrek. I am going to have to tell my husband that because (laughs) he loves Chris Farley. Yeah. And now I feel like we have to watch the Shrek movie and try to like hear it in Chris Farley's voice. I bet you anything there's somebody on the internet who has like put the AI Chris Farley voice over the movie Shrek. I'll bet you anything. Well, if not, they're going to do it. Just put that. that on your bloopers. Okay, well, I mean, I have some amazing high shower thoughts because I don't know what it is about the hot water, the alone time. Like, you can't wear your glasses in there, so you're essentially without your eyesight. There's no sensory data coming in through my eyes, and it starts to fill in the blanks with all that empty space. Uh, That should be your next podcast. Ryan's... (laughs) High shower My- thoughts. <laughs> Just the headline alone would would trigger people to listen. Be like, the fuck did she say? I'm using dry erase marker on my. Sho- oh. When I have my shower redone, if it ever happens, I should have it be like a whiteboard so I can just. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to see what you were writing though, because you'd be blind. <laughs> Right, but if I got it, like, I'm right here, Andy. <laughs> Speaking of it's deer, I, I saw a video of a deer, like, there's this bird sitting on a fence. It's a hawk. What? <laughs> Did you see the same video? Okay, so I saw a video where a deer, like, fucking curb stomped a hawk because oh, I did it not was see attacking that a rabbit. And the rabbit was crying. It sounded like a fawn. So this deer comes blaring out of the woods and she starts like trampling this hawk. And it was psychotic. And people are like, well, 
that's how nature goes. And I'm just like, this. she thought she was hearing her baby crying. Yeah. And probably. she came from that. <laughs> wow. I got to see that video. Like that a feminine is... instinct, man. Yeah. Like, be careful. <laughs> well, that is not the video that I saw. <laughs> I saw a video. I'm so sorry I interrupted No, you. no, I it's mean. okay. That, that sounds like an awesome video. I want to see it. But the video I saw was some sort of bird, and it may have been a hawk. Anyway, it's sitting on this fence, and a deer comes up behind it and rips its tail off and starts eating the bird's tail. What the fuck? And, and then the bird's like, what did you just do to me? And then it tries to, like, fly away. But And people said in the comments, and I think this is right, that, yeah, the bird's not going to die, but it's going to mess up its whole landing ability and stuff just because this and it shows the deer like the deer doesn't spit it out. It munches on the tail and people were like, maybe it just gave birth and it needed more protein because deer have been known to do that before. Like there have been instances what? that, that sh- I know to it's, me. This, it blew my mind when I first found out about this. There are <laughs> all kinds of instances of herbivores like a deer eating meat if they'll see baby birds and stuff on the ground that have fallen out of the nest they'll eat them if they need protein and skinwalkers this deer must have needed protein (laughs) or something and it ate the it ate the bird's tail it's not a deer it's a skinwalker (laughs) maybe it is (laughs) 